I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them. Because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about As Told by Ginger once a week. I am Patricia. And I'm Ashley. And unfortunately, Casey is unable to join us, so it'll just be the two of us this time. So we have ourselves a bonus podcast for you guys, and we have ourselves a very special guest. We have actor, musician, composer, producer, director, everything but the kitchen sink. He was the voice of Darren Patterson. We have Ken Michael. Ken, welcome to We're In Between. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be here. Awesome. So, um, let's, I guess I could start things off. So, what was your first love? Was it acting or music? Uh, I think the first language is music. Um, and, it's, and it's a combination of music and technology. Um, so, like, very, very early on when I was a, a baby and a toddler, I was always fascinated with tape recorders, anything that recorded a, a video signal or an audio signal, and then, of course, uh, music. So, piano, drums bass, guitar, and then synthesizers, of course, because that was part of the technology part. So, uh, so that's, that was really the, the first, the first language, the first love. And then, um, the acting thing came because I loved being in front of the camera. I loved, you know, sort of doing what now is kind of like the, 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 the vlogging, but I was doing it back in the, in the eighties by myself in my room with a video camera with no outlet, no internet. So, you know, I don't know if that, that that could be like a, a a mental disorder, but um, <laughs> but so, so I was doing a lot of that stuff. So so the thing though is that I loved having this equipment. I loved having the technology to be able to create this music and these little films that I would do. And all these things cost money, you know, to buy a video camera, to buy a, a mixing console or a computer or whatever. And um, there were some kids at my school at the time uh, who were doing modeling, and they were making money. Uh, and this was I want to say this was like elementary school. Uh, and I saw that as an outlet, as a way. It's like, well, this is stuff I already enjoy doing, being in front of the camera, and I can get paid to do it, which means I could get paid to buy the things that I love to make the little art, little things that I wanted to do. Uh, so that was that was kind of how that started. And I, I did, um, I think, two episodes of Reading Rainbow. Really? And, uh, and yeah. So you know how they do the, the the little book reviews, and you can actually you can find these on YouTube. Uh, I think I may have one or two of them on my wow. YouTube channel. Uh, but it was sort of like, you know, like they do the book reviews at the end and uh, they had a little, little Chiron that came up at the end. It was like, you know, if you want to do one of these, call this number. And I saw that and uh, I told my dad, I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to because that also fit right into the plan. Like if I can do this, maybe I can get into some acting stuff. And so I did one review uh, and it went really well. And then they brought me back to do another one, I think a year later. Um, and the producer was like telling my parents, like, he's good. You should. You know, he seems like he wants to do this. And, you know, here's here's some connections. Maybe here's some, you know, some numbers to some agencies and some managers. And let's see what happens. And so that's that's really how it started. So the acting came as a way to 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 uh, to fund my my technology habit. What a fascinating story. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, how did you get involved with this told by Ginger? OK, so I'm thinking years now. So uh, this was now we're talking mid 90s, mid to late 90s. Um, I was in a show called The Parenthood on the WB for a couple of years, um, playing uh, Robert Townsend's oldest son. Um, and so there was a lot of momentum behind that. Uh, and I think I was doing some other voiceovers here and there, uh, some cartoons here and there, but nothing, nothing, nothing significant. And towards the end of 1999, I think top of 2000 or something like that, I got a call from my agent like, well, you're, 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 you're booked to go in to do this uh, this show called As Told by Ginger. And to be honest, I didn't even remember auditioning for it. So, so I was like, well, this is great. I got a, I got a booking. Okay. And, and a lot of times, you know, if you're doing a lot of voice acting, you're doing a lot of stuff, sometimes you audition for a lot of things and sometimes projects change and shift. So you may audition for one show and then a year later it may come back as a completely different project, but the producers and the creators liked what you did with the character and the 
previous iteration. So let me bring you back just to just to do something on the on the new version of the project. So I thought maybe that was what one of these what as told by Ginger was. And so I remember going to work the first day and and going, oh my god, I don't know what I did for this character. I don't know. I don't remember this show. So the first thing I do when I get in the booth is I, you know, like, oh, hey, great, great to see you guys. Okay, great, great. Hey, can you, um, can you play me the, my sample? This is what they call, like, you know, when you're in voice land. Can you play me the voice sample that I did for this? I just want to make sure that I'm in the right ballpark, because I think it's kind of what I said. And then they played it back, and there it was. It was me, and it was, you know, okay, I, I'm doing the, the, the pubescent teenager with the cracky voice and you know, kind of like me, but with a cracky voice. That was kind of like, oh, okay, all right, that's, that's that's no problem. And and it just started. And literally, it was the most fun voiceover job I've ever done. Wow. Um, because the energy around the project and the people involved were great. I mean, you know, Emily is amazing, and uh, the directors were incredible. The cast was just so much fun to work with. But the thing that was really great about that show versus a lot of other uh, animation that I had done at the time was the organicness, right? And I think that really comes through when you watch the show. That's why it feels more like a real sort of scripted live action show than a typical cartoon. Because the way we do those sessions is that we didn't do a lot of takes. We did maybe one or two takes tops of a scene, maybe a couple little pickups if, you know, there were some screw ups or or you know emily was trying to go for a mood that maybe we weren't capturing but most of the time we would come in there we would just fall into character and we would do these scenes and we would just have a lot of fun doing them uh, and i think that's one of the things that made the show feel so great uh as a viewer because you could really feel that we were honestly really in these moments and we were really sort of doing these scenes as actors not playing it cartoony Right, which was which was another big big thing. Right, uh, Ashley, do you have any questions? What's your favorite episode of As Told by Ginger? And that can either be your favorite for your recording purposes, or your favorite because of you know storyline wise, or whatever the case may be. But what's your favorite episode and why? The one that comes to mind is I think is the uh, the Never Can Say Goodbye where Darren gets his his headgear off. I won't give you all of the spoilers, but I'll give you a little tease of a spoiler. He gets his headgear off and everybody's like, oh, snap, you're not the headgear nerd anymore. You're actually kind of you're kind of hot. And so I'll just leave it at that. So the episode was fun for me because, of course, it was just a lot of shifting relationships and a, and a lot of shifting perceptions in the show. So even though I don't think my voice changed that much, I think I started to crack him a little less as he got older, uh, you know, as they went through high school and, and all that kind of stuff. Again, no spoilers because there's a lot of them. But yeah, no, I think that was I think that was one of my favorite episodes. And I um another favorite episode of mine, and I don't I don't remember the name of it, but there was and this is another big spoiler, but it has to deal with um the shifting of Darren and Ginger's relationship. And when she starts to maybe see that maybe there's something more there, uh, because of a dream that she had, uh, and Darren's reaction is pretty much like, wait, oh, what? Oh, that's uh Dare I okay. Darren. Yeah. Uh, I love that you know these uh, episode titles. Well, we've been going through the series um, as a whole, and I've seen the series multiple times. I've known about the show since the very beginning. I've seen the show already like four times, so I already know it pretty much by heart. And I would probably guess that you know the show better than Emily Kapnick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right! (laughs) I would bet money. I would bet money. I mean, I would know about it because I'm a total geek, but, I mean, as for somebody who created the show herself, I mean... I think you'd be surprised because I think, you know, um, in any of those types of scenarios, whether you're creating a show, whether you're producing a show, or whether you're, you know, involved in acting in the show, or even, you know, with Jared, who's a a good friend of mine, you interviewed him, the composer, um, you know, when you're in the moment on these types of shows, um, it's just a week-to-week Thing. And I don't want to call it a grind because that's that's a bad connotation for it. But it's, you know, once you start, you can't stop. And, you know, especially if you're a creator, there's so much work to do. There's, you know, you're 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 working on multiple episodes at once. You're giving notes, you're writing things. And so I think you have that huge outburst of creativity, that huge outburst of of work. And then the show ends and then you go on to the next show and then you go on to the next show. And and by the time that that first show starts to get that sort of cult following years later so much of it you it's sort of out of your 
ether. So I know Emily, of course, knows a whole lot of stuff about the show, obviously, but I would guarantee that you know more about it now than she does because you've been studying it, you've been enjoying it, you've been watching it. And that's a, that's a great thing. I think for the, for the people who work on those shows, it's, it's always great to meet people who really enjoy the work that we all sort of got to, to, um, to collaborate and, 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 um, you know, get into so yeah i mean you know so to be, appreciate you guys well thank you very much but it's kind of interesting because what you were just bringing up about that you guys are appreciative that we have invited you guys for the podcast to discuss about this and we we really appreciate you guys taking the time to answer our questions and to answer our uh, our you know listeners questions but it's also really interesting because i think um casey ashley and i we were discussing about this not too long ago but it seems that, um, you know, I don't know how many podcasts you've been on, Ken, and you were talking about, like, your other projects that you've been a part of, but, you know, for the people that we've had on so far, like Jared and Aspen and Jackie, they've never been in a podcast where, di- where they were discussing about As Told by Ginger, because you yes. know, it was a show from a yep. long time ago, and, yep. I mean, it was a show that I wouldn't say was, like like obscure but it's not like one that a lot of people talk about when it comes to it right it wasn't like a hit compared to either nicktoons like spongebob so right um you know it's it's always just so fascinating that you know when we have our guests on and we talk about these shows and they're like oh this is bringing me back so many memories we really i really do appreciate that you're still talking about this it's like you know this is this right here is just amazing to me and it's amazing Mm -hmm. to casey and ashley as well well, the thing is that, you know, As Told by Ginger was a very, very special show. And we knew that even then at the time. And, and I know um, I know it wasn't even mostly my, my sort of sentiment, but I know there was a couple of other people on the show who we were just all sitting there going like, this is, a, this is almost too good to be true. Uh, this is almost too much fun. This is almost too comfortable. And the writing is too amazing. And, you know, these characters are too great. Like, how long is this actually going to last? Because these types of shows in the moment usually, you know, they don't really get noticed as much. So you'll do this work. And then like what happened with the show, like it ran three seasons. They didn't even air all the stuff at the end. Um, and then it's not until years later where people are like, wait a minute, no, that was actually like, that was really cool. That was really, that was really kind of a cool show. So, so it's, it's, I know we love it when, when years later we come in contact with people who are like, no, 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 we're right on the same frequency as you guys. Like we, we enjoy this show just as much. I know we all wished we could have done more episodes of Ginger. Uh, and I know it was a little like, we were a little bummed out when it was like, oh, this is the last one. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely agree that it's such an incredible show. And we, I really didn't watch it much when it came out for whatever reason, just wasn't like, you know, wasn't really on my radar. And uh, we just kind of fell back upon it and really is incredible. And so many emotional moments that you just don't get from other cartoons what was your favorite part of the process i guess it's hard to pinpoint a thing but you know or like any specific favorite you know i really just love doing the scenes i mean you know really just honestly just doing the actual the work of it which you know we would come in and i was i was thinking about this and i, and I remember it got to a point where you know and again this this is not you know the production probably sent me scripts ahead of time but i would usually just go in to the booth and usually it would be maybe three or four of us in the room doing scenes together. So, you know, maybe like me and Cree and uh, Jackie was there a lot. And of course, Melissa uh, Disney, who was incredible as Ginger, um, of course. And, um, and you know, and a lot of times I would flip through the script minutes before we would start rolling on a scene. And, and so a lot of times... You know, my the way I viewed it was like, all right, look, you know, as this character, I don't know what's coming next. So I'm going to play these scenes as if I, you know, I'm not going to read the whole script to know exactly the entire uh, trajectory of the thing, because I want each scene. I want the character to feel like I'm right in this scene right now and I'm not thinking about what's coming down or what's being foreshadowed or anything. So so I would get to experience the show mm, almost like a viewer. Every time I would go in, because as we'd be going through the script, it was like, oh, here's the here's the next plot point, here's the next story point. Like, oh wow, okay, the character's doing this. Okay, this is fun. Um, and it was it was that aspect of it. And then of course, just you know, having that, you know, that sort of tete-a-tete with the other actors. You know, you're talking about really top-notch, top-shelf voice actors who were working on this show. Um, and you know, some classic 
you know, actors on the show, Lorraine Newman. And, you know, so there was a lot of amazing talent working on the show. So for me, I would always just enjoy working with all these top shelf people because they're bringing their A game. I'm just having fun. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just in there doing my thing and having a great time and being in awe that, like, I get to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think voiceover work is one of the most fun acting jobs, um, you know, in relation to, like, feature acting or sitcom acting or uh, theater acting. Voiceover acting is, is one of my favorites because you get to go into a booth. doesn't really matter what you look like. Uh, and you go in there and you get to be silly, you get to be bombastic, you get to be over the top, you get to be subdued, you get to, you know, there's so much that you can do, uh, depending on the project, of course. And as told by Ginger really uh, allowed me to sort of play all those those things and, and have all that kind of fun there. And I feel like I probably did some, you know, because when you're there, they also sometimes they'll be like, oh, OK, we need you to do like, you know, uh, spectator two in this crowd scene that's shouting some kind of crazy stuff. So even though I was doing Darren, I would get to do like some other random voices that had nothing to do with Darren. And no, those are always fun too. Hmm. Awesome. Sounds really great. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, the process, I mean, do you have any like funny behind the scenes stories of, you know, doing the, the show? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, mm, this is not really too much of a behind the scenes thing, but there was one episode where, uh, where Darren, they wanted to have Darren sing a song at the end of the episode. And I'm trying to remember what that was about it, or it, why. It was, it was the wrong song, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I um, and guess what? Actually, one of our listeners from the forums actually wanted you to sing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not going to happen because I don't even remember it. <laughs> all I remember, all I remember is, and I'll get back to, the, I'll get back to the, uh, that person who wanted me to sing it. Uh, I'll get to the end of that story but, uh, but they had me you know they were like well we want you to do this thing we want you to sing uh, so we're actually going to introduce you to our composer because you're going to go over to his house to record it and I was like oh cool that should, that should be fun um, and so that's how I met Jared Faber because I went to his house to record that song and me being a composer and a tech geek and all that stuff and him being exactly the same thing I walk in he's got a really cool studio set up and we start talking gear and then, like, we're immediately friends, like, instantly, right? And and it was almost like, oh, oh, we got to record this song. Because we had been in there for, like, hours talking shop and all this stuff and this and that. And it was like, oh, we got to do the actual thing that we were paid to come here and do. Let's get this song done. And it came out fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, Jared and I have been friends ever since. Now it's going on, what, 18 years? Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. That's nuts. That is crazy. So not necessarily too much of a behind-the-scenes funny story, but uh, somewhat. And you know, recently, Jared, I remember Jared hit me up, I want to say maybe a year or two ago, saying that somebody actually emailed him on his website trying to get a copy of that song. Wow. Uh, and, I th and, and I think he went into the vaults and he found it and I think he sent it to that person. And I think he sent me, he emailed me a copy of it too because I hadn't heard it in, in years. I was like, oh, that's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, you know, throughout the, the, the you know, with um, Aspen and Jackie, uh, we actually learned this from um, from Aspen that apparently, you know, it was supposed to be the case in which before uh, Macy Gray sang the original theme song uh, and also, you know, we had Melissa and Cree singing it, you know, right before the show became a, right. a standard. Um, Dodie and Macy actually sang the theme song as well, so they actually sang it in their respected voices. And you know, it's a shame that you don't remember the lyrics to the wrong song, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I think if Darren could remember the song, he might he might do it for you guys. It's such a cool podcast, you know. But maybe you know, maybe him just you know showing up a little bit might might work a little better. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god fantastic thank you so much um i'm sorry for your question not being answered but i hope that made it up all right do you have, yeah, any, so <laughs> do you have any other questions ashley um not specifically do we want to look at the other um forum questions yes um, start let's those do, out? And be yeah. before we even get to that though i want to say it was due to your channel that i found out that Darren was completely different in the pilot. I didn't know that. Really? You saw my from pilot to that. final product so on your that? Vid your video was the first. I was that was 
That was me for the first time going, oh, snap. That was a completely different character. No way. That is so Dang. crazy. Total way. So thank you for that. Thank you for watching it. That is, wow. <laughs> I didn't even think anybody watched my stuff. But no, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, it, I mean, it's not only Darren, but, you know, uh, of course, you know, I'm not going to give anything about the pilot, Ashley, but, you know, right. the, the, the design of Miranda's different. And everything. Yeah. Everything was just so different. And we even briefly talked about this in our interview with Aspen in which you had to sing that pony song and how it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it, I, we will talk about it l much later on. But yeah, I mean, it, I mean, just the way that he, I mean, the way that Darren was and the way that he spoke and the headgear, the yeah. way he reacted was just so different. It was so different. And, and, and uh, your, um, <laughs> your analysis of it was, was, spot on because watching it i'm like oh okay i see why they changed it because that wouldn't that would have not been sustainable nobody would have wanted to watch it with those types of squeak sound effects and it was just it was just too much oh. it was just... you know when we're watching the series again you know for the podcast i mean you do get to hear it a little bit but that pilot it was just like you know like every three no, seconds yeah. like oh my god yeah. but thank yeah, you it, ken it was very much it was very much pilot, you know, it's, it was like pilot, um, what do they call it? Like, uh, it's like, ah, dang it, I can't think of the word. I don't, but I, it's, you know, when, when, when you do a pilot, like, you know, everything is kind of like low budge and, you know, everybody's just trying to get it done. So you don't have all the resources that you would normally have on the production of the show. Uh, so it just totally felt like that. But I always, always love seeing those kind of things to see like, okay, this is how they got the show bought. And then they went in and, okay, let's let's chisel and streamline some stuff. Right, right. But, yeah, thank you, Ken. That's awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, I guess now we can finally go over to the questions. And, unfortunately, Ashley, a lot of these questions are spoiler-based. Like, season three spoilers. Yeah, you need, you need to catch up. You need to catch up. No, I'm sorry, man. I... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, but I'm going to ask one question that is not spoiler related. So we'll uh, yeah. let's see if we can go to that. And um, yeah, you might, actually you might you might have to mute on some of the spoiler questions. Absolutely, so you can, yeah. We'll, yeah, you can you can tell me tell me when I'll I've only read the first one, which is totally fine. The first question I won't scroll past <laughs> it to be safe. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's okay. Uh, we're just going to ask like there's only been one spoiler question. I mean, no, one spoiler-free question, and the rest of them are, like, the spoiler ones. So, yeah, we'll just ask the spoiler-free one really, really quick. Um, actually, we have we actually have two, so it's good. Okay, so Pink Dolphin 92 asks, what was your first reaction ah. when they told you that you were going to voice Darren? Oh, okay, so that goes back to the, uh, the story earlier. I totally didn't even know. First of all, I didn't know what the show was because, you know, it, all I was told was, oh, you got a booking – you're doing the show. It's a Nickelodeon thing. Oh, great. So I was just excited that I was a regular on a show. That right there is enough to be like, oh, I don't care what it is. This is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Awesome. Uh, so I didn't know. I didn't know who Darren was or anything like that. When I got there, I didn't even remember the audition. So I didn't know. I didn't remember what the show was about. I didn't remember what the character was. Uh, so it was all pretty much on the day that all that stuff sort of happened. And sort of listening back to whatever voice i had done on the audition it was like okay I, I see how i can sort of bring him to life and then as i started sort of reading about the character and of course also the artwork which was it was also funny because i looked at it and it was like that kind of looks like me a little bit in the face <laughs> he looks a little bit like me which which i was like well that's really cool and i feel like as the show went on um the face like they they started sort of making a lot of the characters and maybe this is just me look a little bit more like their real life selves. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Enough. I mean, Aspen yeah. and Jackie, they talked about how, you know, they would do like little improvisations of their characters and how they would kind of like add that into the script to make it feel more organic. Yes. Okay, yes. so Jackie 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 had me cracking up. Oh my all god, the time. Aspen told us so many stories about how Jackie would cr would crack everybody on the set. She was insanely funny. Like <laughs> like crazily funny in the most. Oh, killing the game. Like, what, can you name, like, a story that she would do that? Because... Nope. No? Nope. No, it was almost Probably almost all together, ago. yeah. Oh, <laughs> too bad. All, all I can remember is I just remember being in that booth and sitting there 
with all those lovely ladies because most of my scenes were with with all the all the women right uh in the show. so i mean it was just it was just a lot of fun it was just great awesome okay our last spoiler free question comes from aesthetic angelito and he says um how was it when you voiced darren it was a lot of fun i you know i really sort of made darren more, more of an extension of myself because of the fact that all these characters are so rooted in reality uh, which is not common in cartoon series. Um, but because they were you know, rooted in reality, uh, I was able to really approach it like a live action show, more so than, oh, I'm doing a cartoon. So I played him as if I was doing it in, in, in live action. I didn't really add too much more. I didn't you know, take things too cartoony or over the top. You know, he just had his voice crack. That was pretty much, that was pretty much what it is. And then... Um, but yeah, but he was, you know, he was a lot of fun to play and he was a lot of fun to play through all of his transitions as he got older right. and as he and went through all of his right. own life stuff. Sure. I, I will just leave it there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Ashley, we have um, a lot of spoiler questions. So, um, so I'll you're going to have to mute it. I'll message you on Twitter when it's ready to go. Okay. Now I want to know what like she's doing on her computer while it's, while it's muted because now you know what I mean. Like she's just sitting <laughs> oh, there, God. like. You know, maybe um, I don't know. I mean, maybe she can try to get a hold of Casey. And maybe he can quickly ask a question or something. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. So um, I think that we're good to go. So here's our first uh, question, and this is from Kenny Murray, and he mm. says. What was your reaction to the somewhat egotistical and selfish development of Darren's character throughout the course of the series? He went from a very kind, nerdy boy to a popular, somewhat shady jock. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, you know, I think that um, that's kind of an almost natural progression for somebody in his shoes, right? So he had all that, he had that headgear on for all those years and he was completely sort of marginalized. Like no girls were looking at him. He was not the popular guy, even though he was a cool guy. He was a cool guy. He just had this, uh, the headgear on. And I think that's, that's so typical of just what most, you know, pre-adolescents deal with. It's like all these really cool people, but you know, bodies are changing and things are awkward and, you know, and people have a preconceived notion of what popular should look like. And so there's so many really cool kids who just don't get that attention because they don't fit that mold. And I think for Darren, he was such a good guy that when his life changed and it was like, oh, wait a minute, I get to be the jock? now. I get to be the, the hot guy. I think all the good guys sort of secretly fantasize of being that guy who the girls want, you know, especially if they're not having that experience. They want that other experience. So if you, you know, are... Mm, you know, if you get the chance to have that kind of experience, I think you're going to run run with it. And, and if nobody's really checking you, if you look at like his older brother and his father, you know, they didn't seem like the type of characters who were going to like say, oh, no, 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 you're you know, let's let's make sure that you're still humble and that you're still. No, like, they wanted a jock. Right. They got a jock and he's finally now like stepping up and being that character. Um, I think he's going to sort of lose himself a little bit because. You know, because now he's 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 the wanted guy on campus. And so I think, you know, so it was I felt like it was a very real progression for him. Um, do I, you know, like the fact that he was a nice guy? Yes. Do I like the fact that he became kind of a, a dick? I mean, it's a character. Um, I think it was I think it was relevant. And I think it was I think it was a cool way for them to go, because that's that's not a normal that's not a normal progression. No, definitely not. Um, on those types of shows, you know what I mean? Like, I think, like everything else, the way that they dealt with things like death and addiction and all these things, like, I think they they dealt with that very well, you know, where you suddenly get thrust into the popularity. I think, you know, if you think about, like, what um, people who gain celebrity, you get thrust into onto this public stage, and, you know, nobody's really prepared for that. And whatever kind of uh, stuff that you we're struggling with not being popular and not being on that public stage, that stuff comes to the forefront as soon as, you know, as soon as you're thrust there. So, uh, I, I think that answered the question. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Our next question comes from heart lovers, one, seven, one, seven. And she asks, did you relate at all to Darren's struggles? And she pretty much brought up the same thing that, uh, Kenny Murray brought up about, he was, he started off as somebody who was down to earth and sweep and then became a jock. And, 
Um, you know, he also mentioned again about like he broke up with Ginger to date with Simone because it was easier. And yep. do you think Darren stopped liking himself and why he had hopes of Ginger renewing her interest in him during the wedding frame? Right. I think um, I, I really just think that the way that they wrote Darren was brilliant because I feel like it's very honest. It's very honest. Uh, so me, I, I wouldn't I mean, I guess I could say I was kind of like a popular kid in school. But that was only because I was I was acting, right? So I was I was working and I was on television and all that kind of stuff. So I was popular because of that, and I was popular because I was kind of an outgoing introvert, which is a weird thing. I'm an introvert, but I'm an outgoing introvert. You know, I wasn't an outcast in school, um, but I didn't really relate myself to the popular kids because in my head I'm still a nerd. I'm always a nerd and will always be a nerd. Um, but I felt like I was a cool enough nerd to sort of be in both worlds right so i could hang out in the popular world but i could also hang out in the world of like the kids who are more like me who like our idea of fun on a friday night in high school uh was playing network doom at a friend's house so that a dates me and shows how much of a nerd i truly am and unabashedly unapologetically um so but i completely understand what darren was going through with the headgear myself i'm a i'm a short guy right so uh so there's the preconceived notions that come with being a shorter guy um especially in high school right so i dealt with height issues um the same way that i you know thought that darren dealt with his issues of headgear so i brought that to his character um and then when he became popular you know, I got to sort of play out a lot of my fantasies about what I would do if I became that popular kid at school. Uh, and of course he would date the popular girls because that's what you do. If you're never able to do that and that's what society goes, oh, well, you have to do that in order to be a winner, then yeah, that's what he would do. Of course, though, Ginger was his true love. So, you know, he went and played the field a bit, but he eventually came back home because that was that was where home was for him. Oh, that's a really great that's a that's a really great way of saying it. Oh, thanks. Okay, uh, let's hear. Next question comes from Destroy the Plastics, and this person says, "What was your yes? I know, very very (laughs) hardcore name. What was your what was your reaction to the wedding frame episode? Did you know that Ginger and Darren were going to be canon, or was this a decision that the directors made for the fan base?" As we know, as told by Ginger, ended well, but I think there should have been more episodes before the wedding frame aiming towards how Ginger and Darren got together instead of having questions yeah. upon questions being asked. Yeah, I agree. I remember when they, when they, I think it was Emily who's, who told me and Melissa that, uh, that they were, they, you know, they were, they were basically, she basically told us how they were wrapping the whole thing up as the whole sort of flash forward and she was reading from her book and that Darren was in the audience and, you know, they had, we're married and with a baby and all that stuff. And we were so amped. We were super excited. Uh, but I think we were also disappointed that we never really got to play any of those scenes out. Um, it was just, you know, we, there was no vocalization to be had or on Darren's part anyway, uh, for that last, that last little, you know, 45 seconds of the episode where, where they super wrap everything up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was kind of bummed that we didn't, we didn't get to play. We didn't get to play any of those scenes. Um, and then, um, I want to say last year at some point, my sister texted me and was like, oh, my God, they're bringing Ginger back. Oh. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it was that whole thing that that happened where it was that rumor that that was starting to spread. And, and I was like, well, there's one or two things. I was like, either if they are bringing it back they and they're not bringing me back is why I didn't hear about it. I was like, but Jared would have known. And Jared was like, no, because he's super close with Emily. Um, but it was like, ah, so there was a moment where it was like, oh, that would have been really cool if they would have brought the show back, even just to do another, uh, just like a, a movie or something. Just Yeah, there's, something uh, Nickelodeon has been doing, a, yeah, Nickelodeon has been doing a lot of TV movies lately. They're doing one for Hey Arnold, they're doing one for Rocco's Modern uh, Life and Invader Zim. So who knows? I mean, and as told by Ginger, TV movie wouldn't be too much of a stretch nowadays. No, it wouldn't. And you know, you know who's going to have to lead the charge for that? You. Because you have to- <laughs> You have the channel. Yes. You and the subscribers. That's the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I would be honored if I were to be in charge of the TV movie, but 
Oh man, I I don't know. I well, I, the thing the thing is this is that Nickelodeon just needs to know that there is a still a huge audience base for that show, and there that there would be um, you know huge interest in making a Ginger movie. And what you're doing with your podcast and your channel, and you know the audiences that you're uh, that you're attracting and your subscribers and all these this is the audience. This is the audience for that movie. So let's grow this audience so that we can bring Ginger back. Hmm, that would be kind of interesting. We'll just see where it leads yeah, up to. Exactly. All right. Um, okay, we have our next question. This is from Kia Loves Volleyball. And she says, was it fun to relive being a teenager through Darren? And um, and again, asking the questions about Darren's character and specifically how he dealt with his newfound feelings for Simone and his breakup with Ginger. Yes. Um, yeah, it was totally fun playing Darren. Uh, I w- let me see. I was... Maybe, you know, I was maybe like five or six years out of being in high school when I did uh, Ginger. So it wasn't too far back for me to, to remember, but it was definitely a lot of fun to do those uh, lunchroom scenes and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, you know, scenes talking about the corn and the food and the cafeteria, you know, just all that random stuff that's always fun. I, I always loved what they wrote for Darren um, and the show. And the whole Simone thing is hilarious because I don't remember too much of that storyline in particular um there's so much about the show that i don't even remember and it's almost like i feel like i could totally just watch everything from the beginning um and binge it but then i just wish that there was like a better way to binge it in terms of like where to watch those episodes um because i know they're not on not on hulu or not like on netflix or anything like that i know there are sites so you can watch all that kind of stuff but um you know i tend to sort of like it in those little apps like watch it on the apple tv or you know just have it in the background kind of a thing um so yeah so i don't so i mean if you want if you want to like uh remind me a little bit about the about the the simone story well yeah from what i remember it's been a while since i you know gotten to that point because right now casey and ashley and i were almost finished with season one but you know i did finish watching it two years ago when i was doing as told by ginger month which was kind of like the precursor Mm. to the podcast in which I was, yeah. you know, dedicating an entire month when the show was celebrating its 15th anniversary. But it was that, you know, it started off with, you know, Darren and, you know, being in the football team and he meets up with Simone right. and then he slowly starts... She's the cheerleader, right? Yeah, she's the cheerleader. Right. That's how they right. met. And so he slowly starts cheating on her and Dodie finds out and, you know, she's keeping the secret. And then eventually in the episode where eventually um, Darren breaks up with Ginger, she gets appendicitis and... Ah, that's right. And, um, you know, he goes over to the hospital. He's really tormented on whether he should confront her or not, even after their breakup. But he almost right. writes the letter and he kind of crumbles it and throws it away. And um, wow. so we have, you know, their, we have, uh, you know, especially with their meetups toward the, the series. And then eventually we have the wedding frame in which we kind of you see Darren conflicted on whether he should be with Ginger or whether he should stay with Simone. Stay with Simone, right. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I just feel like that's all just such real stuff and it's just so meaty for a cartoon. And I think that's probably why it wasn't as popular because it was, you know, it was a, it was a, a, I don't want to say it was a drama, but it was a dramedy. It was a dramedy that just happened to be animated. Because they could have totally done that live action. That's exactly, not on Nickelodeon. that's, That's exactly what Jackie said. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, you know, that's how good the writing is. So, so when Emily did Suburgatory, Suburgatory feels very much like Ginger because it's the, it's the same it's the same essence. That's what Jared you know? said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah. So yeah, so I, yeah, so I don't I don't know about, I don't know about the small thing, but but definitely yeah, I think I think that that um was that's a that's a real thing that the guys go through trying to figure out, you know, well, there's this one, but then there's this one, and which one do I go with? And I, I, I love them both for different reasons, and I'm conflicted because I don't have my stuff together. I'm still trying to figure out my life and what's important, and it's a lot of heavy stuff for a teenager. Oh, and yeah, a lot of responsibility, you know, socially, just like dealing with relationships. Yeah. All right, we have one more question, and this is from the same person who wanted you to sing the wrong song. Her name is Ginger Fan uh, nineteen ninety, and she says, "Were you glad that Ginger and Aaron, uh, Darren ended up together in the end?" Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like uh, you, you know, there's there's always those shows where where there's all always that uh, love tension between two best friends, 
in the show and you're just like, when are they going to end up together already? They just need to end up together already. And so what's great is that they played that in within the show. They were together. They weren't together. They were together. They weren't. Together. But I think the, the decision is to say like, okay, they did end up together. Ultimately, I think was a great way to wrap it up. I know, I know Melissa and I were very happy. That's good. All right, that's it for the question. So let me just get Ashley back. Were you able to get Casey on, or is he, is he still stuck in uh, the subway? I think he just got back, but I don't know if he... Get him on! Like, get him on, Casey! Sure. Come on. I'll see, I'll see. All right, I'm, I'm going to add him. I'm going to add him to the call to see if he can join. Because you, you guys talk about other Nickelodeon shows and stuff too, right? Yes. Yeah, me and Casey have a, a podcast called the Friday Night Nicktoons Podcast, Ooh. and every Friday we discuss various Nicktoons and it's been a blast. Wow. Yeah, because one of the amazing, you know, once you, when when I started doing Ginger and, you know, you're kind of at that point sort of in the Klasky Chupo family to some extent, um, I want to say I did, I did like an episode of Rocket Power and an episode Ooh. of, did I do, I did like, oh, I think I did like Rugrats All Grown Up. Oh. I did like something on there or, you know, like, you know, because they'll just call you in to do like a voice here and there and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's always fun. But, you know, growing up with Nickelodeon and I also did some on camera stuff for um, the Kids Choice Awards, but like the early days of the Kids Choice Awards doing commercials for that. And yeah, so there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, uh Nickelodeon. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome I'm story. sure we could we could find a place for you somewhere amongst yeah. our madness if yes. you're interested. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. And um, oh wait, wait, hold on. BC says link me. I'll throw him the link real quick. Oh, he might be able um, to get yeah. in here for oh, a hot I, I, I'll give awesome. him, I'll give him the link. Yeah, give me one second. Let's see. Let's see if we can get him here. Yes. Let's end it off with Casey being on here. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Hello, Casey. The view from the Upper East Side, where I live, of course. Ah. <laughs> it's not. I'm dog sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey. All right. How's it going? Glad you could join. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how'd the interview go, everyone? Well, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we just finished talking about the spoiler question, so yeah, why don't you ask a question for Ken? Ooh, I'm on the spot. Okay. Um... <laughs> Thank you. Um, and feel free. Don't ask anything we already asked, Casey. Right. That's just gonna how could he know? Like, how could he know when we? <laughs> he should know. He should ask anything that's already been asked. Um, I guess. Um, I'm curious how old you were at the time you voiced Darren, and sort of how you were able to connect to playing, you know, essentially a kid. When I assumed right. you were not one. Right. No, that's a great question. Uh, I was. It was probably about maybe about twenty three, twenty four. Um, yeah, when uh, yeah, when we started that, so so not too far away from the high school experience, um, <laughs> but definitely like you know in the adult or or what I thought was more of the adult place. I think you know in your twenties you think you're an adult, but mm, sort of not really. Um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I mean you know I felt like oh I'm you know the older guy sort of doing the teenager voice, but. It wasn't that big of a difference. Um, and the fact that I think I can, you know, I can still do the crack. I can still do the, the voicing uh, the same way I was doing it back then. Um, but it was, a, it was a nice, it was a nice throwback to, to what I remember high school to be. Um, and so it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a stretch to be honest, because um, I was also doing on camera stuff around that time period uh, where I was still sort of playing these younger characters. So, um, it all kind of matched up. Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah. have you done any uh, voice recreation for us yet? Has Patricia asked you? Well, I mean, there was a we question. Had a brief moment there. Yeah, we, we had a brief well, moment. Yeah, brief moment. Like, he stopped by, so he's here again. Like, he's cool. Casey, <laughs> for you to, like, you know, I know you're on the subway and everything. New York is really cool. I've never been to New York, but that's really, and that's Darren's speaking. He's that's amazing. Been New York, I'm from, yeah. So, yeah, you know. This podcast is really cool, and yeah, <laughs> love it. Awesome. Never, Darren's, Darren is still fun to voice. He's still fun. I'm to sure. Voice. And we never had a Darren version of the theme song, did we? I know a lot of the no. Um, I, I asked I Jared. I asked Jared, and he said that only Aspen and Jackie were the ones who did it. And you know, besides. Um, right. Free and um, Melissa. There was a song that um, Ken sung called "The Wrong Song," but unfortunately, he doesn't remember the lyrics. So, unfortunately, no singing today. 
it's been a trend, I think. There's no reason, I guess, for you guys to remember the minor songs from the show. <laughs> the, well, the, the crazy thing about it is, like, you know, when I, when I started really thinking about, that was, like, 17 years ago. Wow. And then you just start thinking about the actual, like, the, the magnitude of that much time. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing, though, is that, um, like, what you guys are doing with the, with, with the channel and the podcast and, and really bringing life to these shows so that they can continue to live on, um, it's great because it, it really compresses time to, to, to think that, you know, 17 years went by, but yet the material still, still feels very fresh. You know, the only, the only way that you kind of know it's old is that there's no HD versions of these shows. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, like the material is still pretty fresh and it's still super relatable. You know, I think the story's probably they, would have been uh, different. They because referenced uh, they referenced did they, they, they referenced to VCR once, right? And exactly. Like, ah. and, yeah, and it's like see, that was like you know the internet was not really you know anything that it is now. So I think a lot of the stories would have probably been different uh, based on just dealing with social media <laughs> as being the yeah. primary form of social interaction these days. I hadn't um, that. I'm sure if it were made in 2017, there would be an episode about cyberbullying. There, absolutely. Happening in chat rooms. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Definitely still universal as far as adolescence is more or less going to be the same. Oh, yeah. Using maps as it always has been. Oh, totally. Now, you know, interestingly enough, you asking the question about, you know, what was it like to play Darren as an adult playing a teenager? And I really now want to ask Emily... How are you writing these shows about like about uh, teenagers and adolescents and really really keying into it? Um, because I, you know I'm sure she's had like you know that was a very very strong period in her life where she had a lot of material that she could you know base her, her stuff off of, um, but or she could pull from. But yeah, no, I mean I think that's that's always kind of an interesting question when you know when you have to. Especially, I have like a, I have a friend who. does a lot of on-camera acting um she's an actress and she's kind of known in the industry to be you know she's mm, i I don't want to i don't want to date her but she's been she's been doing this as long as i have and she's still playing teenagers she's still kind of playing teenagers and people like how are you still playing teenagers when you could have you know you could have a huge family of your own and all this stuff but i think you know i think it's 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 an interesting thing that we do in this industry of having a sort of time shift and time jump and sort of, and, and, and be able to tap into our childhood and all that stuff. I feel like I'm rambling, getting onto a rant here, but no, you get like point. <laughs> I feel like a lot of that is a testament to Emily's writing and how natural it is and how it really feels like you're just watching these preteens and teenagers hang out. It feels so yes. real. And that's, and that's what I was, I was talking about a little earlier, the way that we would do those sessions um, is, you know, a lot of these other cartoons that I would do, they would get super macro, micromanaged about each line and each word, and we do tons of takes, and the director will try this, try this, try this. And, um, but with Ginger, it was just more like super relaxed, and we would just do one or two takes, and we would get the vibe, and unless anybody messed up, we would just move on. Um, and I think that was just a huge part of the way that that show felt. And that's why it did feel like, oh, we're just sort of peering into the lives of these these uh teenagers right and now i assume so we've talked with some of the other actors on the show about that they sort of had their posse that they would record with right so like right ginger dodie would all record together and darren kind of floats around a bit and i imagine there were yeah. times when you had to record alone am i is that mm-hmm. so yeah was- um but, it, but yeah the alone stuff is actually pretty that's pretty normal well you you get used to that right because you come in and a lot of times depending on who you are within the sort of the hierarchy of the show if you're a main character if you're sort of a secondary main character uh and depending on scheduling stuff they may you know you may just do your whole episode by yourself and that's okay it's not as much fun obviously but but you know you're you're prepared for that and that's not too bad but it was really those scenes where you know everybody's in the booth together uh and it would usually be you know me ginger and uh macy and dodie that was that was primarily the thing, and then Cree was in there as well with uh, uh, Miranda. So I did a lot of scenes with her when, I, when well, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to have that happen again. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or Casey, Casey's at oh, the same right, point I am. Oh, so. okay, great. So okay, good to know. Um, 
yeah so you know so being with like the other ladies was always so much more fun than uh-huh. having to, to do the scenes by myself because you know jackie would always have us cr- like crying and cracking up because everyone had like, that yeah that's all oh. yeah and then you know Kree is just incredible and you know uh uh, forget who played Dodie. Was that Aspen who played yeah, Dodie? Asp- no, yeah, Aspen. Yes. No, Aspen played Courtney. Liz, uh, no, Aspen played Dodie. Liz played Courtney. Right. Okay, got you. Right. So, uh, yeah. And, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was always much better to do the scenes with with the other actors. Because then, then you get the vibe, then you get to play off of each other. And then also, that's also a good opportunity to sort of create little jokes and little improv things that you might be able to put in there. For sure. Um, so would yeah. they have like recordings of the other actors or would they just have like a reader for lines that weren't yours if you were alone? Oh, um, yeah, if I was alone, usually the director would read me in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I'd be in the booth and then, you know, so you'd hear the thing click over and they'd read the other line and I would do the stuff. But a lot of the times, you you know, they wouldn't read all the lines. They would just sort of lead you in. Sure. Uh, unless it was a scene that really needed that pacing uh-huh. uh, back and forth, like some of the more sort of dramatic things. Uh, but you know, it, it always went by super fast and you were in and out of those, those sessions, uh, quicker than you wanted to be. Cause it was always just fun being around all those people. And I think it was, you know, we, we all missed, it was like when it, when it ended it, we knew it was like, ah, this is kind of a drag because we all really enjoyed working with each other and really being around each other and spending that time. Awesome. Well, that's pretty much all the like original questions I guess I have, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. This is thank great. You Sorry I had to miss the first part. Well, you'll get to listen to it. I'm glad that you were able to join in at the end. And uh, yeah, it was great uh, talking with you guys about this uh, this show. Thank you, Ken. And, and a special shout out to Jared Faber for letting um, you know him get a hold of, um, letting us get a hold of you. So thank you, Jared, if you're listening to this. Oh, that's Yeah, awesome. Jared. Yeah. That's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, do you have any? So yeah, that should be it. So do you have anything to plug yeah. or self promote? Oh, that's a good. Well, I have a you know I have a YouTube channel. This is Ken Michael K E N N M I C H A E L. I have on that channel at the moment. Uh, it's I, I wouldn't say it's a wasteland at the moment, but I have a lot of of my old commercials and a lot of fun nostalgia. Uh, you might want to go through that, and you might remember some of the commercials. You might remember some of the stuff. Um, but stay tuned to that channel because I have some very interesting things coming up in the next uh, few months. So uh, so check that out. And also I have a website, KenMichael.com, same spelling. And all my social media stuff is the same, Ken Michael, K-E-N-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Reach out on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm on all that stuff. So hit me up. Awesome. Well, once again, Ken, thank you so much for coming on by. It's really awesome. Thank you, guys. So yeah, that should be it for this episode. Let us know in the comments below about uh, some of uh, your favorite moments featuring Darren or if you know of Ken's other work, whether it be from his music or from his acting or uh, whichever. So that should be it for this episode. Hope to see you around soon and thank you for listening.